Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Happy Pentecost. Fire has been my image of God as well as the stage of my life for this last year or so. So I come to this Pentecost with a deeper love of the story of the flames of fire on the heads of all of the followers of Jesus gathered with great love and appreciation. The fires of Pentecost are enlivening and generative. Fire like inhabited the burning bush, but not like the fiery furnace in the book of Daniel or other purifying, refining fires. There are all kinds of fires and so many kinds of transformation that a fire brings. And I think that's why it's a great image for God. I'm going to read the story of Pentecost from Acts 2. But before I do, I want to point out one insight that I feel like I maybe missed other times I read the story. Because the first verse, in the first verse, uses the pronoun they in the first sentence. And I think many times I assumed that that referred to the apostles, the disciples, and maybe a few others who were with them. But when I read Acts chapter 1 as I prepared for this sermon, in Acts 1 it says, Peter stood up among the believers to speak to them, and they numbered 120. Before Pentecost, there were already 120 gathered followers of Jesus. So more on that later. As I read from Acts 2, chapter 2, from the voice, I encourage you to close your eyes and imagine it more fully or let the images that will be on the screen inspire you to live into this story today. When the holy day of Pentecost came, 50 days after Passover, they were gathered together in one place. Picture yourself among the disciples. A sound roars from the sky without warning, the roar of a violent wind, and the whole house where you are gathered reverberates with the sound. Then a flame appears, dividing into smaller flames and spreading from one person to the next. All the people present are filled with the Holy Spirit and begin speaking in languages they've never spoken as the Spirit empowers. 
Because of the holiday, there were devout Jews staying as pilgrims in Jerusalem from every nation under the sun. They hear the sounds and the crowd gathers. They are amazed because each of them can hear the group speaking in their native languages. They are shocked and amazed by this. Just a minute. Aren't these people all Galileans? How in the world do we hear in our own native languages being spoken? Look, there are Parthians here and Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamians, Judeans, residents of Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Phrygians and Pamphylians, Egyptians and Libyans from Cyrene, Romans, including Jews by birth and converts, Cretans and Arabs, we're each in our own languages hearing these people talk about God's powerful deeds. Their amazement becomes confusion as they wonder, what does this mean? The skeptics respond, it doesn't mean anything. They're all drunk from some fresh wine. As the 12 stood together, Peter shouted to the crowd, men of Judea and all who are staying here in Jerusalem, listen. I want you to understand, these people aren't drunk, as you might think. Look, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this isn't drunkenness. This is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. Hear what God says. In the last days, I will offer my spirit to humanity as a libation. Your children will boldly speak the word of the Lord. Young warriors will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Yes, in those days, I shall offer my spirit to all servants both male and female, and they will boldly speak my word. And in the heaven above and the earth below, I shall give signs of impending judgment, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become a void of darkness and the moon will become blood. Then the great and dreadful day of the Lord will arrive. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be liberated into God's freedom and peace. Peter there is quoting from Joel, and he's telling the story not of what will happen, but what is happening right there in that very moment in his life with his people. God has in that very moment poured out God's spirit on all people, sons and daughters, the young, the elders, men and women. And then there's all those people who weren't even a part of the group who can understand because they have the spirit poured out on them. Maybe the flames also spread to their heads. That's what happened. Everyone was included. Everyone had something to share, something to give. I've been really fascinated with the disability justice principle of sustainability over the last few months. 
I feel like I have a lot to learn from all of the principles, but especially this one. It reads, we pace ourselves individually and collectively to be sustained long-term. Our embodied experiences give us, guide us toward ongoing justice and liberation. Disability justice models center sustainability, slowness, and building for the long haul. In this book, Care Work, um, Dreaming Disability Justice, which is in our Hope Gateway Library available for borrowing, along with a lot of other great texts out there, um, um, disabled Mizrahi genderqueer writer and organizer Billy Ray started Sick and Disabled Queers, SDQ, a Facebook group for well, sick, and disabled queers in 2010, and explains the concept of sustainability this way. SDQ had a community value of people responding how they can, as they can, with no shame if they didn't have capacity. SDQ is a model of what we mean when we try to explain that Disabled people know how to do sustainability. SDQ was inherently very sustainable because it wasn't just trying to ask your crew of six local, local people to help. You could reach out to someone who would always have cash or capacity or energy to talk you through whatever it was. SDQ grew from a community with one moderator to one with six, so there was always someone to step in if someone else was sick or spooned out. SDQ felt like a living example of what sustainable organizing looks like. Wouldn't it be amazing if the entire Christian movement that started at Pentecost was a network of people you could count on for support and for the long-term work towards justice. How different the world would be. But rather than bemoan what Christians around the world are not, I would prefer to look more small-scale for the sake of sustainability. And imagine how, as Hope Gateway, as a community, where sustainability is one of our own principles. This means that we all have a part. We all have something to share. And sometimes we need to step back for, because of our health or other life circumstances. And sometimes it's our turn to step up because someone else needs to step back. It's a mutual symbiotic relationship. I just really like saying that word symbiotic. It just kind of feels good on the tongue, doesn't it? At this stage of our life as Hope Gateway, we need a plethora, a gaggle, a bunch of people to do a bunch of things. There are more roles than you imagine that happen every Sunday morning and beyond to make things happen. Today, we have four of the usual people who run our tech team who needed to be in other places. 
four. Honestly, I was a little worried that we could pull this off. But we did, and other people have stepped up. And that's what it means to live in sustainable community. We have enough people to do the work, and it's just fine when someone needs to step back. This is also true for justice movements, which can easily burn us out. I've had that experience, I'm sure you have too. We need to be able to step up and to step back, to step up and step back, and sustain the work for the long haul. I hope that you feel the enlivening generative work of the fire among us today, this Pentecost. I hope you sense the flame within you and upon you. May your flame, maybe your flame is brightly burning and maybe your flame is a little dim today. But I encourage you to figure out what you need to do to recognize the flame of the Holy Spirit within you and to kindle it even more brilliantly because you are needed for the work of community transformation today and even more importantly for years to come. May the Spirit be alive among us and in us and upon us. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.com.